want to welcome you back to day three of week three of our look through First and Second Kings. We're in First Kings 17 today, and as we turn to that chapter, we're turning to the life of Elijah. We've sort of skipped past quickly chapters 15 to 16, which is a list of kings, some who served well, some who did not serve so well. At the end of that list of kings, we come to a king who is named Ahab, a terrible king, and a prophet is needed in Israel because of this terrible king. And so Elijah comes on the scene. And the significant thing about Elijah, well, James in the New Testament tells us the significant thing about Elijah. James 5.17 says, Elijah was a man just like us. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it didn't rain on the land for three and a half years. The significant thing to me about Elijah is he was just like us. He's just like you, just like me, but God used him in incredibly significant ways. He lived this life of awesome miracles, of powerful actions, but he's just like us. If he is just like us, then we can be just like him. We can have his kind of faith. But if I'm to learn to have Elijah's kind of faith, I got to understand that it revolves around this idea of servanthood. Elijah was a significant servant. He's one of the most significant servants that ever lived. How do you live the most significant life possible? Significance, lasting significance is characterized by Elijah. And the truth is you serve your way into significance. That's where significance comes from. You can get power on your own. You can get importance on your own. But if you're going to live a significant life, a life that lasts for generations, the influence of that life, and all the way into eternity, it only comes through serving others. We serve our way into significance. Now, how do the words significant and servant go together? Elijah shows us how. And this week, at the end of this week and into next week, we're going to be looking at these lessons for significant servants from Elijah. And they all revolve really around these different places that he learned these lessons. At the Kirith Ravine and at a place called Zarephath, Elijah learns the lesson that God is willing and able to meet all my needs. That's a lesson significant servants have to learn. At Mount Carmel, he learns the lesson that personal faith always demands personal risk. If you're going to serve God in significant ways, you've got to learn that lesson. At Horeb, the mountain of God, he learns that outer victories mean nothing if I don't win the inner battle. And then at the Jordan, he learns I have to pass my ministry on to others. If you're going to serve in significant ways, you can't hold on to it. You've got to pass it on. Those are the four lessons we're going to look at at the end of this week and into next week. How do I serve God in a significant way? Lesson number one is God is willing and able to meet all of my needs. Significant servants make that confidence the launching pad of their lives, of their ministries. God is able and willing. God is able. He has the power to do it. He is willing. He has the love to do it. Now, chapter 17, which we're looking at together, it occurs right after Elijah shares that it will not rain except at his word. He puts that commitment to the test, tells Ahab this is what's going to happen. He puts his life on the line. And God immediately teaches a lesson about how willing he is to meet Elijah's needs. And God takes him through this process of reminding him even as there is a lack in the land that God is able to meet our needs. It's interesting, this process that God takes Elijah through, you see this process, this same process that God takes people through again and again and again in Scripture. It's the same process as he took Gideon through in the book of Judges. It's the same process as Jesus took his disciples through in the feeding of the 5,000. How does God teach us to depend on him for needs, for the basic needs of our lives? Here's the process. Number one, first thing that God does in this process is he reduces life to its basics. He starts by showing you just the basics, how little you have. If you're going to trust the greatness of God, 
It's an interesting thing. You have to start with how little we really have. So in chapter 17, verses 1 to 6, now Elijah the Tishbite from Tishbe in Gilead said to Ahab, as the Lord, the God of Israel lives whom I serve, there will be neither dew nor rain in the next few years except at my word. And then the word of the Lord came to Elijah, leave here and turn eastward and hide in the Kirith ravine east of the Jordan. You will drink from the brook and I have ordered the ravens to feed you there. So he did what the Lord had told him. He went to the Kirith Ravine, east of the Jordan, and he stayed there. And the ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening, and he drank from the brook. Elijah had life down to the basics. The water that the brook sent, the food that the ravens brought, all at the command of the Lord, he was depending on God. God was reminding him, you are depending on me alone for the meeting of your needs. He reduced life to the basics. The basics, I mean, it's a place of complete and total dependence on God. And the truth is, I'm always completely and totally dependent on God, but I don't always recognize it. The further away I get from the brook and the ravens, I can start to trust the paycheck that I'm earning rather than realizing with that paycheck, I'm just buying food that God grew. I'm just paying for things that God made. I didn't make any of those things. And God takes Elijah to this place where he has to recognize God's bringing me these things. God will often in your life bring you to places of dependence, having to depend on him, recognizing you don't have anything without depending on him. It's the same as happened with the feeding of the 5,000, where they had to recognize we just got five loaves and two fish. We don't have enough. We have to depend completely on him. This happens with physical resources. It also happens with your emotional strength. When it just seems like you don't have the emotional strength to do what you have to do. It also happens with your spiritual strength. When you feel like God is so far away, how are you going to get in touch with him again? Why does God allow us to be put in such places? Why does God put us in such places? God reduces my life, your life, to the basics to help us to refocus on God. He allows this to happen in your life so that you can recognize again just how dependent on God you really are. You're not dependent on your paycheck or the grocery store, or the microwave oven, or the fast food restaurant, or the credit card to supply your needs. You're depending on God. That's interesting how God uses ravens to bring food. Sometimes God supplies our needs in ways that we would least expect. I wouldn't expect ravens to bring bread and meat every morning, but they did. That's how God decided to do it. God can provide for you in ways that go beyond your narrow expectations. So when you and I think about God providing our needs, One of the things we have to do in our minds sometimes is reduce life to its basics and to remind ourselves that we're dependent on God alone. Let's do that right now. I want to pray as we walk through this life of Elijah. I want to pray at the end of each of these days a servant's prayer. Would you join me in this servant's prayer and just say to God, God, everything in my life is there because you bring it to me. I am totally dependent on you for everything. Every drink of water, Every bite of food, every breath that I take, I'm dependent on you. I recognize that I depend only on you. I am your servant. In Jesus' name, amen. Tomorrow, we're going to learn some more lessons about depending on God from the servant Elijah.